0: Ryan Fleming can help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Pilot's Advisor podcast. We are very blessed this morning to have a very, very special guest, Zach Smith of Pilot Tax, our CPA. Uh, They've been working with pilots for what, Zach, now over 30 years?
0: Over 30 years, yeah. We've been going a while.
1: Yeah, so over 30 years, and we partner with Pilot Tax because it allows us to be very strategic in uh, tax planning for the long term. We're not trying to make a difference this year, but how are we going to get you in retirement in the best possible place 10, 20 years from now? And so we're honored to have him on the show today.
0: Well, I'm happy to be here, Ryan. Appreciate it.
1: So, uh, Zach, it is, uh, what is it, March? We're in March. So this is like right around tax time. Everybody wants to talk to you right now.
0: Yeah, we're in the middle of it. It's not right around. We're
1: there. So what are some of the questions you're getting the, the most right now with uh, this year and tax taxes and and how do you see things?
0: Uh, the biggest thing we got a lot of airlines that are going through contract negotiations or or have gone through the past couple of months. So everybody's worried about income. Everybody's worried about tax brackets. And the big question is, and I know we're going to talk about this today. What are tax rates going to look like in the next couple of years? You know, a lot of the planning that where you come into play is how do we structure it for uh, uh, avoiding that ticking time bomb.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I, I hate to say it, but I think in this current environment, every time I ask one of my clients or I ask a, a pilot where they think taxes are going to be in the future, there's almost no hesitation. Everybody pretty much feels like taxes are going to increase. How do you feel about that?
0: I think the thing we can say for sure is that taxes are not going to go down, depending on you know political climate and elections and things like that. We could certainly see them go up. I think that's more likely than tax rates staying stagnant, but I, I certainly don't think they're going down.
1: Well, and, I'm you know, being a pilot myself, uh, you, you can't earn the right of being a pilot unless you complain. And we historically complained about the tax rates as they are now. And I 100% agree with you that they only have one way to go up. But what most people don't realize, and I know it's painful when they're giving up 20, 30% of their income to Uncle Sam, but we're still in a historically low tax environment right now,
0: aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. The 2018 tax law that passed is, you know, despite some deduction changes and things like that, has put us you know, in a more advantageous tax position than we have in a long time, which is, you know, at least for you and I, has changed the strategy of how we're doing some of our long term tax planning and retirement planning, accelerating income through the Roths more so than trying to avoid tax.
1: 100%. And what, how do you see it? Like, what will happen, you know, once the standard deduction goes away? How do you predict the future? I know, I know you can't predict the future, but obviously we have to make some assumptions or, or when we plan, we have to try to make calculated uh, decisions?
0: So I, I don't anticipate the standard deduction ever going away. Uh, that's been something that's been in place for a long time. What changed with the 2018 tax law was that they they essentially doubled the standard deduction where our standard be- went to nearly $25,000 for a joint couple. Now, a lot of these provisions from the 2018 tax law are scheduled to sunset at the end of 2025. So essentially, we got one of three things that are probably going to happen. Again, these these tax laws are going to sunset in 2025, and we may revert back to some of the older things where we've got less of a standard deduction. Some of the tax rates change, and you know I know we were uh, talking a little bit about Biden's budget proposal uh, for 2024. You know, reverting some of the tax rates from the 37% tax bracket at the cap, you know, up to 39 and some change. So uh, it's going to be an interesting next couple of years to see what happens.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. And we are going to talk about the Biden's tax proposal because there's a couple things on there that blew me away. And I know you talked, I don't that you didn't think that there was a chance it would pass. But when I see a capital gains tax rate of forty five percent and the top individual tax rate of thirty nine point six percent, other numbers I have here, corporate tax rate going to twenty eight percent, I mean, at what point did we just stop investing our money when Uncle Sam's going to take half of everything that we that we uh, earn? I mean you know, when we invest our money, we're, we're taking on a lot of risk and we want some of that reward. And uh, that 45% capital gains tax just blows my mind.
0: I want to point out that 45% capital gains tax is a composite of a couple of things. One, they're putting some limitations on these specifically targeting higher wealth individuals, which, you know, we're going to see a lot with the pilots um, just over time as wealth accumulates. It's a point we are not reach, but... There's some additional Medicare and investment tax that kick in on top of some of these federal taxes. And you're right, Ryan, they're, they talked about changing the long term capital gains rate, which right now is anywhere between 15 and 20 percent up to the ordinary income tax rate. And and something you didn't even bring up that makes this worse is a lot of our clients live in states that have a state income tax on top of that federal tax. So you know if you're sitting somewhere like California or New York, you could easily. With this proposal, get over a 50% tax rate when you start considering the state impact as well.
1: Yeah. And I look at it, you know, from an investment standpoint, we're always trying to get consistent returns, get consistently high returns. And more and more in planning for the long term, you know, inflation rates are higher than they've been in 40 years. So we're not looking at a standard 3% that we plan for. Taxes are increasing. So a lot more of the money that you make is going to just disappear in the distribution phase. And it really makes me start to think and look at other avenues to invest money where we can get it in those tax-free or tax never buckets Um, you can only put so much money into a roth ira if you qualify you can only put so much money into the uh, roth 401k and we're almost getting into a environment where i look at it as being more advantageous to give up a little bit uh, more return but get money into a tax never vehicle so that later on in life and, and in retirement, you know, we can take that money tax free because you're not going to give up 30 plus percent of it.
0: Right. And I, and I certainly agree with you. And I know you and I share strategy is, you know, to plow as much as we can to these Roth accounts as opposed to some of the traditional. But as you and I know well, the, the tax is not completely avoidable. You know, any, any airline that puts money into these retirement plans uh, as a match is going to be traditional money. There's nothing we can do about that on the front end. Other than try to get our clients to push as much as we can, like you said, into the tax-protected accounts like the Roths and some other avenues that that you and I work with, and then really focus on conversions and things like that once we hit retirement, where we, you know, we can control things. You know, everybody everybody wants to avoid tax, but my biggest strategy is how do we control the tax? It's not completely avoidable, but the better we can control income and control tax, the better position we can put people in.
1: Yeah, cuz when we can t- make strategic moves at times where it makes sense versus not having control, having to take income from a certain account and getting hit with a tax rate that we don't even know what it's going to be at in the future and that's that's really scary to me, that's really scary to many of my clients. Absolutely.
0: And that's that's the biggest concern for us especially with our pilots that are, you know, between the ages of 55 and 65, you know, we still got potentially 10 working years left but we've had a chance to accumulate some wealth and we've got some things that need to be addressed, you know, and it's uh, something that you and I obviously work very closely on.
1: Yeah. And that's why I refer a lot of my clients, almost all my clients to pilot tax, because we're your uh, tax strategy and investment team work very, very well together, especially this time of year where I have, you know, we're sending tax statements, working together, talking about strategies mm-hmm. for individuals. And, uh, I just wanted to bring up thing something like I obviously it's a case by case basis but as pilots have income all the way up in their working years and let's say that a pilot retires at 65 uh currently what rmds go out at 72 um
0: yeah yeah and that's changing as well we'll talk about that here in just a little bit
1: and with inflation every single year not only how much we can put into a 401k plan that that adjusts as well but from 65 to 72. And that number will probably keep pushing out but the required minimum distributions where the government's going to make you take money out of your 401k. And because they want that tax revenue. Are those very like, how do you view those years between 65 and 72 once once a pilot doesn't have that income from the job? So 66
0: to 72 is my honey hole for our pilots. Because you know, what happens, right? We potentially maybe haven't started a pension. We haven't hit the 72 or soon to be 73 year age where we've got to start taking the RMDs. We haven't started Social Security yet, right? So we haven't lost control of income in those six or so years that we have before RMD start. So that becomes my honey hole, right? We end up with zero income essentially, potentially. So we have an opportunity to move a lot of money from tax accounts to after tax accounts at a rate in which we can control, right? As we said earlier. We can't completely avoid tax, but if we can time it and control when we pay tax, we can do it the way we want.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's one of the hardest things to get people to envision or conceptualize is if we're moving money from one pocket to the other, we're going to have to pay tax. But sometimes, it and actually in most cases, it makes a lot more sense to do it under our own control and then we can let that money grow and, and d- decide when we want to take it as income and and possibly take it when there's no tax at all at that point, because we have moved it over to a tax never bucket.
0: You know, and that's right. And, and the funny thing is, I know you and I deal with this a lot, of, uh, a lot of our younger, newer pilots, right? Where we say we like to do a lot of these conversions at 66 to 72. If we can catch a lot of these guys early enough, early in their career, guys and gals for that matter, we can get a lot of this stuff done early to avoid the bigger problems down the road. And I know it's a hard pill to swallow for, for a lot of people, you know, to convert an old 401k or an IRA. But if we can do it now, if we can do it while tax rates are good, if we can do it when we can control it, we, we certainly set ourselves up for tax advantageous saving through the Roths and the back doors for the next 30 years. And it's just, you know, it's it's really hard on the front end. I think you were, you know, I say it's a hard pill to swallow. You say it's ripping the bandaid off, but it, it's it's a necessary evil to try to Put people where they need to be for the next 30 years.
1: Well, absolutely. And I also look at it as you know, everybody knows that they need to save money for retirement, but they don't really think about the distribution phase. And this goes back to getting it in those right accounts where it's actually more valuable money. Um, we're talking about Roth 401ks. Uh, Roth IRAs or we, we do after tax conversions in the 401k plan and even, even backdoor Roth. So there's a lot of different buckets that if you're not doing these things, you absolutely need to reach out to Zach or myself so we can get you set up doing those. And, and there, there's also some other vehicles out there where we can move money where it can be a safe, safe investment. It might not make as much as a, a market based account, but it's going to guarantee to go up, never go down. And it's getting more money. In that tax never bucket which is is a huge thing for retirement um zach i want to transition a little bit to um one of the things we've talked about a little bit there's a lot of a lot of stuff with uh, the secure act 2.0 um the one that we discussed back and forth a little bit is just the the change on 529 plans and of course my ears perk up and i said hey can we use this as an instrument to get more money into a roth ira but of course, after digging in a little bit more, what I found is it, it's pretty limited on um, what you can do. They've capped it um, at how much you can actually move over to a Roth IRA. And it's it's more of a, I, the way I see it. We have a lot of clients that have money in a 529. Maybe they're aggressively saving for their their children and that child ended up uh, getting a scholarship or doing an ROTC thing or an academy or, or what have you. It's more of a way to just not get hit with having that money trapped in a 529 plan? And, and if there's a small balance left over, paying the tax on it, moving it over? How do you see that?
0: So two points to that. So I do want to point out from the tax perspective, the 529 plans in the event that, you know, students end up deciding to go to the military, right? Maybe maybe on GI Bill, ROTC program, they end up not having to foot the bill for college. There are some exceptions to the 529 plans where we can get some of that money out. Now, Earnings, just like in any other account, if it's not used for the designated purpose, we're gonna we're gonna be paying some tax on the earnings. But we can avoid some of the penalties with a few exceptions in the five twenty nine plans. This new rule that uh, came out with the Secure Act, I do see some opportunity in it. Uh, but I think this is certainly geared a little more towards those that have. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but have potentially overfunded five twenty nine plans. I see it happen. You know, we we deal with people that maybe they get a scholarship. Their first year, right? Maybe an academic scholarship the first year, and then they're paying for the next three. But you know, at, at thirty thousand dollars a year for college, we may end year four with an extra thirty thousand dollars in the five twenty nine plan we didn't anticipate. And I think that's how this Secure Act was intended. I don't think it was intended as a tax free investment tool. I think we could use it that way, uh, but I think with putting the limitations of you know the account had to be in effect for fifteen years with. Having the rollovers from the 529 count towards your Roth contribution limitations on an annual basis, uh, having a lifetime limit of thirty-five thousand. Right? Again, I don't think this was developed as a an investment strategy, but I think it's a good benefit that we are likely going to end up utilizing on on several of our people.
1: Well, I I look at it as a good way. If there is money left over, it always breaks my heart when I see somebody that has overfunded a 529 plan, and of course. Every single 529 plan is different, has different restrictions, Mm -hmm. depending on what state you signed up for, whether it can be used in other states. So be very, very careful with 529 plans. It's always great to save for college. I mean, it's great to think ahead, but just make sure we're doing our due diligence so we don't get in a situation where it gets harder to access that money.
0: Hey, if you're ready to have clarity and thrive in your retirement, you're in the right place. And I've got another resource for you to check out. Go to retirepilots.com and look right there on the homepage. You'll be able to click Get My Free Toolkit. What this is going to do is help you get for free Ryan's Retirement Toolkit. This is going to include his two books, The Pilot's Advisor and Pilots Retire Early, revealing the nine critical decisions when retiring and the seven lessons to save your retirement. Not only does it include the books, but lots of other goodies packed into this free toolkit that'll be sent to you ASAP. It's a great starting place for any pilot to begin their retirement journey. Go to retirepilots.com.
1: Zach, I have another question for you. How do you view working with the pilot's advisor when you have a pilot that is a pilot tax client, a pilot pilot that uh, works with the pilot's advisor, how much more streamlined is the planning for you on your end with uh, tax strategies?
0: I think uh, you know this this is going to kind of sound a little bit funny but when I'm explaining strategies a lot of times to, to our clients that are shared with you um, the feedback I get is that's exactly what Ryan said right so it's been it's been interesting and I know you're probably getting the same feedback on your end but a lot of the things that we're suggesting you and I have developed a strategy from the tax side that coincides with the investment side and once we have a plan in place this is this is a hands-off easy strategy for our guys and our girls and our pilots it's just it's made things much easier for them to take the stress off you know and we when we've developed strategies that work from the tax side and the investment side
1: yeah and what i try to create is a one-stop shop where they can handle all their their financial needs estate planning and, and future taxation for retirement all in one place and make it as easy as possible and uh Working with the pilot tax and having a very similar strategy and being able to communicate, we talk almost every day, a couple of times a week. It definitely makes it a lot easier. And what I find with a lot of other CPAs, let's say I'm working with a pilot and they've had their own CPA and and trying to explain things to them, trying to explain the 401k to them. Or the biggest one I get is, well, if we do pre tax, then we can lower your adjustable gross income. And that one really bugs me because. In most cases, they're in the same exact tax bracket, and it's it's such a small win when you're really losing in the long term by not getting some of that money into a Roth bucket.
0: And I would absolutely agree with that, Ryan. You know, we we work with financial advisors all over the country just by default with um, where our clients come from and who they're coming from. The biggest frustration that I have is a lot of a lot of our pilots rely on uh, Fidelity or Charles Schwab, you know, simply because. Hey, that's who's managing my 401k. They're taking really good care of me. Well, when we start to dig in and we can see a lot of this from the tax side, you know, we see pay stubs, we can see W2s. We can, we talk to people, right? And we start to understand what they're doing. And I don't feel like they're able to give really individual sound strategies because they're running off in a canned investment model. You know, Fidelity's got hundreds of thousands of clients and, you know, the airline that you're flying for just may happen to be one of those clients that employs thousands of pilots. They aren't going to take the time like you and I are and ask the questions of, hey, how many kids do you have? What's your plan for getting them through college? You know, what's your retirement plan? What's your wealth transition plan? These are things that have to be taken into account today. As, as you and I know, Ryan, these these Roths can be some of the wealth, best wealth transition tools. And you know, by you and I working together on an individual basis with a lot of our clients, it just it, it allows us to develop a non-cAN strategy specific to them.
1: Well, and what I found is a lot of these 401k plans have changed over the years where they didn't used to have the Roth option. And I'm amazed at how many pilots don't even know that it's an option or Mm -hmm. they call the 800 number at Fidelity and you got to get five or six people on the phone to even understand our 401k plan that's specific to that airline. And so what I specialize in is is knowing which airline all the bells and whistles of their 401k plan so that we can take advantage of all the tools because those little tiny differences make a massive difference in retirement planning and unfortunately some advisors that aren't aware of the 401k plan that we have at an airline and or that fidelity rep if they're not specialized in knowing exactly what that plan offers uh you're you're very limited and i i it, it breaks my heart but there's many cases where I'll be uh, working with an older gentleman that's been at the airline for 20, 30 years, you know, and he might have a couple million dollars in his 401k. And I come to find out after some research that it is all pre-tax. So obviously, every B fund contribution that the airline makes is pre-tax. And then his whole career, he's been putting money in pre-tax. And so I'll talk to him and I'll say, you think all that money is yours, right? And they're like, well, yeah, that's my money. No, that's not your money. That's not your money at all. And probably
0: 30% of that's not your money. And unfortunately, in those cases too, uh, what a lot of people don't think about is what happens when I die, right? You leave somebody, you leave your children, a traditional 401k with a $2 million in it. What a lot of people don't realize is there's some very strict requirements on how that money has to come out. So we see it all the time where, Hey, dad died or mom died. There was 1.5 million in a 401k and, and Fidelity's telling me I have to have that money out of that account within 10 years we have now what I refer to as a massive tax problem, you know, because they may be sitting in a position where like, you know, this is great that mom left me the money, but I don't need it. Well, unfortunately our hands are tied because that money does have to be out of that count in five years or 10 years. And unfortunately, you know, you're probably working, you've got a job, you may be at the 32, 35% tax bracket. And now all of a sudden we've got $1.5 million of income to deal with, and there's nothing we can do. So a lot of this stuff on the front end, like you're saying, you know, $2 million in a Roth account that gets left to a child, I'll take that all day long. That's easy to deal with.
1: And that's a big part of estate planning that I think many people are missing. You know, They might think, hey, I got all this money that I'm going to pass on to my kids. They're going to be great. Well, it looks a whole lot different when they're forced to take those distributions, whether they need, it, right. or need it or not. And maybe 30 or 40% of that's gone and they have that massive tax bill
0: right and you're just stuck you can't roll it over it's now an inherited ira and you're just you're just stuck so there's a lot of things that have to be considered at even at the age of 30 you got to be doing it right now or we can really get in a pickle later
1: if any of these strategies that we're talking about sound foreign to you listeners right now you need to reach out to us because the earlier we start planning for these things the earlier that we take action we're going to be in a much better position in retirement where you're in the driver's seat where you have control versus taking a loan with the government where you don't even know what APR you're paying later on. And of course, that's right. why this works is you can defer taxes for 20 or 30 years, but then they're going to get paid on that larger amount and there's nothing you can do for that. And is that going to be 25%, 35%, 45%? Well, guess what? We don't know. And if with a stroke mm-hmm. of a pen and you can't control that, that can drastically change your retirement planning. so please reach out to us whether you talk to Zach or myself uh, let's try to take action and start making changes now so that when you are in retirement you can enjoy it and not be worried about some of the issues we're talking about
0: right and I want to point out too you know we get a we get a lot of young people under 30 that are getting awesome awesome jobs at the airlines right now it's a good it's good deals great hiring and a lot of them say well, I don't you know I don't need to worry about it yet I just got married I don't have any kids. the problem is we got to start early we got to start early 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 or these or these problems are just going to compound you know whether you're 65 25 45 there's things that that can be done at every stage here
1: well i i agree with that and you know some advisors won't work with a young individual that doesn't have a lot of money saved and i'll be honest with you i lick my chops because you know they might not have any money right now but we can stop and prevent them from making any mistakes and if you can start Absolutely. doing all the right things in your 20s or 30s, oh my God, I am jealous of how amazing yeah. their life and their retirement's gonna be. And the industry is having, a, I mean, it's a crazy time in the industry. We're looking at some big pay raises, young young pilots are, get, or pilots are getting hired younger than they ever have. And so it's a, right. a very exciting time in this industry, but like we've talked about before, that can actually compound some of the problems later if you don't know what you're doing uh zach thank you so much for being on the show today i i we need to have you on the show more often because you know taxes inflation these are huge aspects of retirement that we need to to battle right now and i i know our listeners love hearing from you the ECPA at pilot tax and being able to talk strategies and how we can help all our pilots land in retirement safely is there anything you want to say to our listeners as we sign off today
0: no i just appreciate being here and Ryan, I know you and I both have a passion for this stuff. We, we love seeing people create wealth. We love seeing people be successful in their career. And want we want to help. It's a big it's a big part of what we do.
1: Well, thanks for being on the show. We're going to invite you on more often. Uh, we got that, that great radio voice from you. So thanks for being on the show and uh, get back at it. I know it's tax time and we appreciate stealing you for an hour here because uh, I know this is your busy time of the year.
0: Absolutely, man. Much appreciated.